Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls, don't ever get the idea there's nothing you can do to help win this war. Just because you can't join the Army or Navy doesn't mean that you can't be part of this big fight to preserve the American way of life. No, sir, not at all. There is one big important thing you can do, and I'm going to tell you about that right now. You see, aside from the fact that we can't all be soldiers, sailors, or Marines, because we're too young or too old or something, it's necessary for a good many of us to stay right here where we are. As a matter of fact, Uncle Sam says that for every man in the armed forces, there must be 11 people back home to keep them well supplied and to see that everything runs smoothly. It's sort of like, well, like a civilian army that cooperates with the armed forces to help win the war. And that's where you come in, you and I, for we're all members of this civilian army. And the best way we can help our boys at the front is to buy war-saving stamps and bonds and buy them regularly. How does that help? Well, let me tell you. It helps to buy guns and tanks and planes and all the other things the Army, Navy, or Marines need to knock out the Japs and the Nazis. For instance, every time you buy a ten-cent war-saving stamp, your dime will pay for five bullets. And every five ten-cent stamps buys enough fuel oil to carry a destroyer a full mile. So you see how important it is for you to buy a war-saving stamp every time you've got a dime. Now see if you can't get mother or dad to give you a dime every day or every other day with which to buy war-saving stamps. Talk about this with all your friends. Ask them to buy war-saving stamps regularly. Ask your mother and dad and all your neighbors and relatives to sign Minuteman pledges. Do all that you possibly can to build up the sale of war-saving stamps and bonds. And that is what you can do to help win this war. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, Lois Lane, girl reporter, and Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet, are about to start on a trip into the vast wilderness of the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada. In our last episode, we heard how Perry White received a letter from an old French-Canadian friend of his, Sebastian Beauvais, who owns a hunting lodge in the Hudson Bay region. The letter begged White to come at once and hinted that Sebastian was in grave trouble. It was decided on the spur of the moment that Kent and Lois would go along. They would need warm clothes, of course, to withstand the zero temperatures of the frozen north, and so they decided to go to a nearby sporting goods shop to buy them. 
Just as they were about to leave the office, a small package was delivered to Perry White. He opened it, suddenly turned pale, and looked as if he were about to faint. Listen. Clark, I think he's going to faint. Catch him. I got him. Chief, what's wrong? That, that box. Look. Look at what's in that box. Let me see. Oh, great Scott, it's, it's a bullet, a rifle bullet. And a note. A note? Oh, what's it say? What's it say, Clark? Let's see, it says... A bullet like this one will find its way to your heart if you don't stay out of Canada. Good heavens! Oh, it must be a practical joke. I wouldn't pay any attention to it if I were you, Mr. White. Yeah, you're certainly taking it lightly, Kent. Of course, it's my life that's threatened, not yours. You've got something there, Chief. It was Clark's life. He'd probably be quivering with fear. Well, that's not quite fair, Lois. Well, maybe it isn't. Well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I'm going to see if we can't trace the source of that package. Uh, Miss Ferguson? Uh, that package that just arrived for me, uh, how did it get here? Mm-hmm. Yes, I see. Oh, all right. Well? It was brought by a boy. We'd never be able to track it down. Well, I don't agree with Clark. It looks to me like someone's trying to scare you out of going to Canada. The question is, will you scare or won't you? Certainly not. What do you think I'm made of? Sebastian needs my help and needs it badly. Why he didn't tell me what's wrong in his letter, I don't know. But we'll find out when we get there. Or rather, uh, when I get there. What do you mean by that? I mean that you and Kent are not going. Oh. This little warning changes the complexion of things entirely. That may be, but there's no reason in the world why we should let it change our minds. Oh, of course not, Chief. I, I can't say I like the idea of walking into trouble, but I certainly couldn't let you go up there alone. Not now. Absolutely not. We'll have no more discussion about this. Bouvet is my friend, and I'm the one who'll give him whatever help he needs. I certainly don't intend to drag you two into it. You're staying here, Bolivar. <laughs> Isn't he amusing, Lois? He loves his little joke. Now, look here, I'm not joking. You weren't supposed to come along in the first place, and by heaven, you... I'll take it, Mr. White. Harry White's office. Yes, Mr. Augustin. Oh, you did? Oh, that's fine. Thanks a lot. Okay. Well, we've all got seats on the Ottawa plane. What? Looks like we're going, whether you approve or not, Chief. No, we can cancel those reservations. Ah, yes, we can, but... Ah, uh, no, we won't. Oh, why? Why can't I fire you two and keep you fired? Well, there isn't much time, Chief, so suppose we discuss that on the way down to the sporting goods shop, huh? Now, the question is, why do you fire Lois and me and then rehire us again? Well, there might be any number of questions to that. We sold more of this type of duck decoy than any other. Uh, they're made of cork, and uh, naturally, they're a little more expensive than the cedar ones. Twenty dollars a dozen. Oh, that's pretty high. I didn't expect to pay that much. Uh, I don't do a great deal of duck hunting, you see. So you said. Uh... Oh, hello, Mr. White. Uh, I'll be with you in a minute. I know, Harry. We'll just look around a bit. Uh, why not take the cedar decoys, then? They're uh, fourteen dollars a dozen. Hmm. I see. Uh, do you mind if I think it over? I want to make the best buy I can, but I don't want to spend too much. I'll drop in tomorrow. Well, that'll be fine. Uh, I'll look for you. Okay. Thanks very much. You're quite welcome. Well, Mr. White, what can I do for you? I thought we had outfitted you for your trip to Canada pretty completely. Oh, you did, outside of a few odds and ends. Well, I'm not looking for anything for myself, really. Uh, these two mm -hmm. people are coming along with me. Oh. Sort of a uh, last-minute arrangement, you know, and uh, we've got to get outfits for them, too. All right, uh... I'll take care of you right away. I, I suggest we find out first what you need, sir. And uh, then we'll take care of the lady. Feminine apparel is in another department. Mm -hmm. It's okay with me. If you don't mind, Lois. Oh, certainly not. You know, this is pretty exciting. I've never been in a store like this before. Gracious, look at those bright red hunting coats. Mm -hmm. Those guns on the racks and those 
Well, duck decoys on the table. And, oh, heavens, I guess you could get almost anything you needed for the woods right here in the store. That's right, miss. We carry a full line of sporting goods. Now, let's see, sir. I, I think you'll want a parka like the one Mr. White ordered. Parka? What's that? A heavy woolen coat, fleece lined with a hood attached. Uh, here are some right over here. Well, of course, I've seen them in the movies. You know, pictures of the frozen north and all that. I guess you take a large size, sir. Mm -hmm. Let's try this one on. All right. Wait a minute. Uh, huh, there we are. Whew, boy, this thing is hot. Oh, oh, weren't that warmth up in the Hudson Bay region? I uh, guess so. I understand the temperature often drops to 20 and 30 degrees below zero. Yeah, so I've heard. Uh-huh. That seems to fit. All right, I'll take this one. Fine. Now, look, uh, have you got one in a small size? A small size? Mm -hmm. Why, uh, yes, sir. Uh, just how small? Oh, to fit somebody about this tall. Well, what in the world do you want a parka that small for? Oh, uh... Yeah? Oh, what? Oh, just oh. Now, look here, Kent. This doesn't make sense. You can't wear a coat that small, and I don't... Now, take it easy, Chief. Take it easy. I'm paying for this stuff, so what are you worried about? I'm not worried. I just don't understand it, that's all. Well, what's the sense of buying a coat half your size? Well, Clark, I don't understand that myself. Well, it's a secret. I'll take that small parka as well as the large one. Right, sir. I'll put them both aside. Now, yeah. now let's see. Boots. I guess will be the next item. Uh, you'll need some warm and comfortable boots for traveling through the woods. Now, if you'll just... Hey, excuse me, Fudd. Yes? Mind if I have a look at these guns on the rack here? Oh, not at all. Go right ahead. Thanks. Uh, now then, uh, the boots. Uh, what size do you wear? Uh, size 11C. Uh, better give him the same type of boot you sold me. Uh, you know, rubber soles and uh, leather tops. Yes, I was going to, Mr. White. This 306 uh, Winchester looks pretty good. Nice and light. What? Uh, oh, yes, that's a mighty fine rifle. Uh, now, sir, uh, these are just the boots you'll need. Uh-huh. Well, have you got a smaller size in the boots as well? A smaller size? Yes, I'd say about a... Oh, a five. A five? <laughs> Well, what are you going to do with a size five boots? Clark, what's gotten into you? Are you out of your mind? Uh, here's a pair of fives right here, sir. All right, let's have a look at them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think they just about do. Do for what? Well, you couldn't get your hands in them, let alone your feet. I wish you two would stop being so inquisitive. All these questions. I don't think I have to ask any more questions, Kent. I'm beginning to put two and two together. That small size parker you bought would be just about right for a boy of 14, wouldn't it? And the boots would just about fit a kid that age. Kent, look at me. No, Chief. Look at me, I said. Well? You're not thinking of bringing that freckle-faced terror along with us, are you? Freckle-faced terror? I, I don't know what you mean. You know what I mean, all right. It's a little devil disguised as a 14-year-old boy. It's a benighted imp that always succeeds in driving me stark raving mad, and its name is Jimmy Olsen. Now, answer me, Kent. You wouldn't be thinking of bringing him along with us, would you? Well, why, Jimmy's at home, Chief. He he hasn't seen his mother in months. I, I guess he'd want to stay with her for a while, so... Well, he couldn't possibly come with us. Of course, I know he'd be terribly disappointed if we went without him, and, and I thought... You thought what? Well, I thought I'd... 
you know, give him a ring on the phone and sort of ask him if he wanted to come along. You know, just give him a chance to refuse. And, of course, he would refuse. Of course. No, you're sure of that? Why, positive. You're so positive that you're buying him a complete outfit. Kent, no, I won't stand for it. Now, Mr. There are lots of things I'll take from you, but this is, is not one of them. But if you... You know how he gets on my nerves. You know how he badges me, tortures me, drives me to distraction. Well, he's only... He can't come along, Kent. Do you understand? I won't have it. I'd, ra- I know I, I'd rather travel with a man eating tiger. Chief, take it easy, will you? Please. Jimmy will probably refuse anyway. Say, wait a minute. What's the matter, Clark? Hey, you there. You with a gun. Yeah. You're pointing that rifle straight at us. Do you mind sighting it in another direction? Oh, sorry. I didn't know it was pointed at you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Kent, I, I've taken care of the uh, boots and the uh, pockets. Oh, I, fine. I think we'd better see what we have in the way of hunting trousers. All right. Huh? I think the same type Mr. White purchased should do. A good warm woolen pair. Treated with a new chemical that makes them absolutely waterproof. Oh. We have them in all sizes, too. And we'll be sure to have a pair for the boy you were talking oh, about. I said that boy no, was no, not no, coming. Please, Mr. Now, White. Now, blast it all, Kent. We're going to have this out here and now. But if you... I said that little rapscallion is not to come along, and when I... Wait a minute. Clark. Yes, Lois? Look at that man. He's pointing that rifle at us again. What? Straight at Mr. White. What's that? By George, he is. Uh, hey, you there. Put down that gun. Point it somewhere else. What's that? I said point that rifle somewhere else. I don't like people poking guns at me. Nothing to worry about, mister. These guns aren't loaded. Yes, it's always the gun that isn't loaded that does the damage. You ought to know better than to point a gun at people anyway. Now, what are you getting so riled up about? If the gun was loaded, it'd be a different matter, maybe. Well, now, whether the gun is loaded He's or still not... you pointing it at Mr. White. Make him stop it, Clark. Oh, don't be silly, lady. I tell you, that gun isn't loaded. Look, I'll prove it. I'll pull the trigger. No, for heaven's sake, don't... With a sharp crack, the supposedly unloaded rifle fires a deadly steel-jacketed bullet at Perry White's chest. A bullet that might mean instant death. Was the firing of the rifle an accident, or is it part of the strange, mysterious effort to keep Perry White from reaching Hudson Bay? Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, and be sure to listen every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Did you ever stop to think why American machine gun crews make such good scores in their battles against the Japs and the Nazis. Their teamwork, their super marksmanship, comes from practice. Practice every day until they can hit the bullseye practically every time. But that much practice eats up an awful lot of bullets. And that's just where you come in. You buy bullets for machine gunners every time you buy war stamps. Five bullets for every ten-cent stamp. So get behind your team by buying stamps just as often as you can. Can you think of anything more exciting to buy for your dime than five forty-five caliber bullets? Five bullets for American soldiers to use in protecting your home from the Japs or the Nazis. So get going. Get your stamps today and every day. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.